Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we resume learning Pirkeavot, uh, Ethics of the Fathers, and we are in chapter 5, Mishnah 5 and 6. I'm going to read two Mishnahs today because they're short and they really go hand in hand. The Mishnah number 5 says, 10 miracles were performed for our ancestors in Egypt and 10 at the sea. The ten plagues did the Holy One blessed be He bring upon the Egyptians in Egypt and ten at the sea. And then Mishnah 6 says, With ten trials did our ancestors test the Holy One. Blessed is He in the wilderness, as it said. They have tested me these ten times and did not heed my voice. So we see here from the book of Rabbi Abraham Tversky, Vision of Our Fathers, he explains here that again, Ethics of the Fathers is not really a history book. It's, this is not a history book. This is an ethical book that, um, that tries to explain to us what's the better way to live. And we learn from our, from our ancestors, uh, from their lives, of everything they had to go through, uh, what is the best approach to, to our struggles today. So he says here, what is the point of telling us that our ancestors were the beneficiaries of miracles? Like, what are we trying to gain from this? Some people who struggle with emunah, with, uh, with uh, trusting God, may say, if only he were to give me a sign, if only we saw miracles the way our ancestors did, this sounds logical enough, but the fact is that the aphorism, seeing is believing, is not always true. I also read ones that say seeing is believing is not true, believing is seeing. Because people see what they want to see. Maybe you have a miracle right in front of you and you don't see it because you don't want to see it. All you have to do is to want to believe. This is the, the true free will is to want. It's not if you're good or you're bad, it's you want to be good or you want to be bad. The wanting is what determines in what direction you're going to go. So it says here, it is possible for a person to witness and manifest divine revelation and still not be a believer. And there's, and there's a, a proof of this in the account of the Jewish people when they left Egypt. So Moses told them that God had sent him to deliver them from enslavement and he performed miracles before his eyes. We had the ten plagues, like they were like unbelievable. Ten plagues. After the third of the ten plagues, Pharaoh's, uh, Pharaoh's magicians had to admit that there was a, a bigger power than magic in these plagues, that there was something that came really from God, that, they, that these plagues were, were indeed miraculous, and, the, and, and they devastated Egypt. The Israelites suffer, suffered no casualties. All these plagues, like when the river became blood, or the frogs were all over the place, in the ovens, in their food, in their beds, the, the Jewish people didn't suffer from these uh, plagues. Nothing happened to them. Uh, their animals didn't die when the animals died. They didn't get the boils in the skin. They didn't... Everything that happened to the Egyptians, they were spared. During the three days when the Egyptians were immersed in total darkness, the Jewish people didn't experience darkness, they basked in sunlight. So when all the Egyptian firstborns died, not one single Jew died. And finally, when the Israelites were trapped between the sea and the oncoming Egyptian army, the waters of the sea divided and the Israelites crossed over a dry seabed 
Yet the Talmud tells us that there was an idol of Micha uh, that was with the Jewish people. The, you know, the Jewish people before leaving Egypt, they used to worship idols. They were very much assimilated into the Egyptian culture. They were saved because they kept three things, their language, their clothes, and their Jewish names. And this is what saved them. But nevertheless, this idol Mika accompanied the Israelites as they made their way between the walls of the water. How is it possible to cling to idolatry when one has seen the undeniable, undeniable hand of God? Like you see, the, Hashem just had ten plagues, He crossed the sea for them, He w fought the war of Amalek for them, and, and they were saved, like miracle, miracle after miracle after miracle, they had the manna fall on them, they were never hungry, they were never sick, the clothes were always clean. They come to Mount Sinai, they receive the Torah, and what happens a few days later, 40 days later, they're, they're worshiping the golden calf. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's ridiculous. So from here, Rabbi Tversky is explaining to us that, that, that true trust in Hashem is not, it doesn't come from miracles. It, it, true trust from Hashem comes because a person really sees God in everything. It's seeing God because He can do everything for you and you might be blind to, to see all the brahas that He has for you. So He says, He teaches us an important uh, psychological concept. If you wish to believe, then you will believe without miracles. You don't need a miracle to be a believer. And if you are determined to doubt, all the miracles in the world will not conv ever convince you. So this is, he says, is frequently ev evident clinically. If someone has a need to believe something, you will not be able to disprove it. So you see that they have made so many uh, experiments in which they give people placebos to, to cure them from a certain illness. And the ones that believe get cured. And they're having pills with sugar. There's no medicine in them. But the ones that truly believe get healed. Because the miracle is to believe. The blessing is to see the blessing. The, the miracle is to be a believer. So there is an anecdote about a person who developed a delusion that he was dead. And absurd as it was, no one could convince him that he was not dead. So the doctor, the psychiatrist, asked him, do dead men bleed? And he said, no, but dead men don't bleed. So the psychiatrist said, um, I want you to repeat this a hundred times. Dead men don't bleed, dead men don't bleed. After the completion of the recitation of a hundred times of saying dead men don't bleed, the psychiatrist picked his finger and blood started to come out of his finger. So there you go, he said. So the patient answered, dead men do bleed. <laughs> he, could, he didn't want to believe he was alive. So no matter what he did, he would not believe. So on the other hand, if someone has the need to deny something, he will do so even if it's right in front of his eyes. Day after day, says Rabbi Tversky, he sees people often highly educated and very successful who deny the incontrovertible evidence right before their eyes. So they can have every every test done, they can see it with everything, and they will deny it anywhere. So the upshot of all this is that in order to stay in touch with reality, we often need to be objective, uh, to be objective observers. 
perhaps we need a friend, a mashpia, a counselor, someone that will guide us, that will allow, that will see things from the outside because sometimes we're so deep into the tunnel that we don't see the light. And that's when we really need someone that will help us redirect our, our thoughts and allow us, help us to take off that blindfold that we have in our eyes. And that way, we should recognize that our convictions may be subject to our wishes. Sometimes you wish so much something that you're not living in the real world. You're living with your dreams. So this is, this is what he says. Uh, and this is what these two Mishnas really are teaching us. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.